Shall we pray? Our Father, we thank you for this evening. We bless and we honor you for this opportunity to be in your presence. We are here because of you and your word. Father, tonight, unfold unto us whatever understanding that we need for tonight's topic. As we look at the topic, developing a hunger for the word. It's all about you and your word. Tonight, even as I share, I pray, O Lord, for utterance. Let me speak nothing but your word. And for my brethren, Father, give them that heart. Open their hearts with the understanding of your word. And may we all receive that touch and ministration from you tonight. And your name be blessed. Father, I thank you and I bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So this evening, we are looking at the topic, developing a hunger for the word. And simply developing a hunger for the word of God. Developing a hunger for the word. We'll be looking at this topic in two main broad areas. Why the hunger and how we can have this hunger. Why do we need to hunger for the word of God? And then we'll try or we'll attempt to see how can we I believe in our own ways, as we all are students of the Word, we all have various ways of craving or having the Word. So tonight, what I'm doing is just to try and pick up some points which I believe some of you too may share or may already know. And then together, we can all grow in it. Hallelujah. And I believe the meaning of hunger is clear to all of us. Everybody knows. We are one way or the other. We've been hungry before. And I'm sure right, even as we are seated here, if you've not had your meal after this time, I'm sure there's something boiling in you. <laughs> And when somebody is hungry, I was told that when I was a child and I wanted tea, by the count of the tea, tea, the third one is not their trouble. Because it's as if when I say tea, the tea must be on the table within a minute. You know, I didn't understand what the whole the process. But if you see how mothers go through in the kitchen, then as I'm growing, I'm understanding that just calling for tea, it doesn't drop as a manna. <laughs> but hunger for the word 
to be hungry for the word. It's something that I think we all should be excited about. Because we are here all because of the word. And therefore, if there's any individual who is on this earth, or especially as a child of God, who cannot or hasn't got that hunger for the word, then I think we are missing something. And unfortunately, it's not a medical thing that the doctor will prescribe in the supplements. But I only pray that God himself will drop this hunger in our spirit. Hallelujah. So I'll begin by looking at the why. And it's not in any special order. But in Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. When the devil had tempted our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. Christ gave an answer. He said, but he answered and said, he had wanted him to turn the stone into what? Bread. He said, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. If at any time we had gone for outreach, I will ask the people, so have you eaten today? Then they will say yes. Have you read your word? No. For one week, have you eaten? I've been eating. What about the word of God? Nail. And that is the situation of many people. The food is for this body. But the word is for the soul. And without the word, many people by the soul are lean. So you might look fat physically, but that is for the body. But the real issue is our soul and not the body. And therefore, if we starve the soul, and as you said, the bread will be eaten daily. In much the same way, the soul must be fed daily. So the issue of hunger comes in. And Christ, the answer he gave was that man shall live by the word. And he says, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the almighty God. And for the soul, I realize it's a very complex issue. If you look at the faculties of the soul, dealing with the mind, our emotions, conscience, will, our desires. And because of sin, many of us, our minds have been darkened. As for the emotions, sometimes there is no, sometimes even difference between a child and an adult. For the child, they may lie down at the slightest provocation. 
Maybe the adults, you can't lie down, but something seriously is going wrong. And your will or our will has been perverted. And our desires has been turned from what God would want us to do. That alone is a lot of work for all of us to work on our souls. The mind, our emotions, our conscience, and our will, our desires, all of these, if they have to change to fit into the program of God, will require that every day we feed on the word of God. Which means if that is not done, our souls will be lean. And that for me is a serious issue. So the first point is that as Christ said, even as we live, it is not the food that we are living, eating the food every day. But brethren, my soul and your soul is even more important than even the body. In fact, seriously, if the time comes and you go into serious tests for the Lord and you are even fasting and really praying, you find that even the food doesn't matter. You are craving to have a word and to receive something from the Lord. Hallelujah. So we need a word to satisfy that hunger for the soul. The second point I would like to state can be found in Matthew chapter 22, verse 29. And it says, many of us are making mistakes. Many of us are falling. He says, Jesus answered and said unto them, you do err, not knowing the scriptures. The mistakes that many people are making in life answer or the reason simply is that we don't know the scriptures nor the power of God. And brethren, this alone is another reason why you and I should know that there is a reason. There is a cause to be hungry for the word. Otherwise, I will be making mistakes. And some of the mistakes can be costly. So if I don't want to make any mistake in this life, that will be costly. Then as Christ has said, the answer is to be hungry for the word of God, which is in scriptures. He says, you do err. In fact, some version says, you are ignorant. Simply because you don't know the scriptures. So if you don't want to be ignorant, and here you don't need somebody to tell that you are ignorant. I'm sure if you are ignorant, you should know that you are ignorant. And what can help you is the word of God. So if you and I, you see sometimes, I know the lawyers will say learned, but here there is nothing like a learned friend. Because we are dealing about some ignorance that can cost you your life. An ignorance that if you don't know, your life will be something else. So we talk about learning. You know, we are learning too much, which is good. 
But they didn't learn in without the scriptures. It's a tragedy. You know, when we were in Legon, and each time you went to the senior common hall, senior common room, and you saw these learned professors, learned professors, but who didn't know Christ. Then I said to myself, even as a first year university student, I think that was even enough. Because especially those who became even professors in philosophy, I don't know what they were learning in those subjects. There are certain learnings if it is good to learn by brethren if it is without scriptures. It is good. We all will be learning. But whatever learning we are learning, whatever knowledge we are acquiring, if it is minus the scriptures, I beg you, we need to cry to the Lord. And I could see professors in the senior common room. This drinking and things. But there was no scripture. But for you and I, if God has been merciful to us, and we can even read the word, let's go deeper into it. You see, many of us are doing surface mining. But the real gold is down there. When we delve deep, we will see the rare treasure as we go deep. Let's put an end to the surface minding. The third point is that our salvation to God and to us is the most important thing. But scripture in Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Again, our salvation, many of us are Toying with our salvation. But the word of God says, and brethren, salvation is so, in fact, it is the end of our faith. And therefore, for every believer, if you are not wise unto salvation, there's a problem. But the only way we can come out of this and for, it to, for us to be wise is to go and to be hungry for the word of God. So he says, it is the scriptures that will be able to make me and you wise unto salvation. Hallelujah. If your salvation matters to you, go into the scriptures. If your salvation matters to you and you want to be wise, where you and I have to be wise, it is in the scriptures. The fourth point, why I think you and I should be hungry 
for the word of God is that there is so much deception. There is so much deception around us in the world. So much deception. The only cure is when you and I know the word and nobody can deceive us. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 through to 11. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all disableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Verse 11. And for this cause God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. I don't know how you are seeing this scripture. If you cannot believe the truth, if you are being deceived and you cannot see it, and you keep on believing a lie, this fearful scripture in the verse 11 says, God will even send you a strong, not only an honor delusion, but a strong delusion to the extent that you would even believe a lie. With all of this issue of this gay rights, safe self-marriage, some people are just arguing from the point of right. It is not a matter of rights. And truly, if you know the word of God, you will not talk about right in this matter. As we speak, I read an article which was attributed to the vice pre- the president of USC. Who is coming out with a new law? We haven't seen anything yet. And the law, in describing the law to the Congress or the Senate, he is encouraging the Democrats to swiftly, mark his choice of words, to swiftly pass a law, which is the equality law, to abolish the concept of male and female. This one, you can only answer when you read the Bible. So if you have not read the Bible, it is not a matter of human rights. You know, those who are talking about this gating, they are starting from class one. When they get to class three or four, you and I will be suppressed. You sit down. Because in this Equality Act, what Joe Biden is saying is that even the church, if you sit to preach like I'm teaching here, I will be sanctioned for talking about male and female in the Bible. And when we are arguing, we are not arguing from the point of human rights. You argue from the point of human rights when you don't know Bible. 
That is why it is needful for you and I. Look, in the country in which we live today, don't trust any politician, whether NDC or MPP. If we don't know the word, you will sit in that parliament and you will see what will happen. Either we rise up. Either we rise up. If we say we are living to politics and go to sleep, the kind of things that happen in that room, sometimes I'm not too sure whether they sprinkle things on them when they get there. But this matter is a serious... If I cannot teach... I mean, I had counseling this afternoon. And we were looking about the, the God's plan for marriage. And I started with male and female. God said, a man will live. And you move to your wife. And you become one flesh. And that is why God said, male and female. Now, a 77-year-old president, who is claimed to be the most powerful man in the world, says, even if I preach that, I will be sanctioned. And because we don't know the word. For me, that is the bottom line. Many of us don't know the word. It's because we are not hungry for the word of God. And people are only arguing from the point of view of human rights. It is not a human rights issue. People are, are, are waging war on God. And when somebody wages war, war, war on God... It is answer is only from here. And if we don't know, that is why today I'm saying any of the parliamentarians, politicians, if any of, the, any of you are close to them, it is time to take some of them through the basics of salvation. Let's not kid about these things. The basics of salvation, people don't know. Because if people knew they won't do the things we are doing. Let's be hungry for the truth. Because where the world is going, if you don't know the truth and the word, our arguments will just be academic rights. It is not about rights. It's about the truth and dealing with God. Hallelujah. The fifth reason why I think you and I should be hungry for the word of God it's because there are evil days. In fact, we are already in evil days. The days are evil. Ephesians 6 verse 13. The days are already evil. And we need to be strengthened in the Lord. We need to be steadfast. We need to be unmovable, unshakable in the word. Ephesians 6.13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. The evil day. The weapon for the evil day is the word of God. The weapon for the evil day is the word of God. So as we move in this evil day, if you don't know the word of God, you may have the most sophisticated equipment from the army. It doesn't shoot anything. It doesn't kill anything. It's only 
the word of God, which if it goes forth, no matter how huge that evil creature is, it will run off. Sunday dawn at 2 a.m. When the scripture says, our God doesn't sleep, nor slumber. When you haven't experienced, you won't understand that scripture. Because at 2 a.m., I was asleep. As to how I woke up, as of I don't know. But this God doesn't sleep nor slumber. Whilst I was sleeping, he was awake. So 2 a.m., all of a sudden I woke up. Then he said, look at that window. Then there was like some creature about close to two feet behind the window. What is this? So I just picked something, and then I just said Jesus or something, and the thing vanished. You see, but my issue is, first point, which is a lesson for all of us, then I, that mean that scripture, you know, I read it, but I didn't understand. But that night, I understood it. That God, He doesn't sleep, nor slumber. Because I was deep asleep, 2 a.m. We sit there, who is not asleep at 2 a.m.? Tell me. But send yourself for me. Sorry, two a Nyame nyame. Nyame. Yabasumuna yansumuni ye. Na ye dinyame be diagro. This one, what kind of, I mean, night patrol could have saved this? Except God wakes you up. And you have His word. God. So we are in evil days. Our weapon is the word of God. And you know, the devil knows the scripture. But many of us believers, we don't know. That is the reason why we should be hungry. The devil knows the scripture. Look, go to Job chapter 38, verse 4 to 7. He was there before you and I were born. Job 38, 40, it says, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who have laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who have stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? But when the morning stars sang together, who were the morning stars? And all the sons of God shout, the angels were there. So they have advanced knowledge. They have knowledge of everything we don't have. That is the advantage that they have. And if we are to catch up, we must be hungry for the word of God. And because they are there, that is why Satan could even quote the scriptures. And because they are there, that is why in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent could speak to Eve and say, you know, God didn't say that. Because he knows the plans of God already. So he knows how to manipulate us. And brethren, this angel who sang, they were angels. The only thing that brought them down was pride. So pride changed that angel 
to become a devil. That's all. That's why those of us who are full of pride, we need to be careful. It's a thin line. Those angels sang, but pride made them the devil that you and I are scared of. It was pride. Those dead works, we need to be careful. But what I'm saying tonight is that the days are evil, but the only weapons are the word of God. The only weapon that will make you stand is the word of God. And the devil knows that the time is near. That is why he could tell Christ, Holy One of God, have you come to torment us? He knows the time is near, but we believers are seeing the seasons and the times, but we still cannot read because we are not going into the Word. But the devil knows that the time is near. Let's begin to be wiser than the devil. Hallelujah. Point number six deals with what I tell we need to be candidates for that divine selection of God. You know, God has a certain divine to be selected for favor, whether as an individual, as a church, as a nation. It's a divine selection. It doesn't happen to everybody. So when you see a certain favor coming your way, you have been divinely selected by God for that favor. And when God selects you, you know, you don't joke with that selection. It's like the blasters who have been called among the eleven. It's a special favor done by the coach. And I'm saying, on the face of this earth, if you and I can get certain favors, in the midst of all of these difficulties, then God has been merciful to us. And for that reason, for me, because someone has said, what have I done to deserve this? For this kindness. It's that divine selection that I don't take for granted. So in John chapter 15, verse 7, I need to continually stay in the love and the favor of God. Because it is God who is making me who I am. And that love, I don't joke with it. He says, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. That is why you and I have to be hungry for the word of God. Because it says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, many of us are asking for things. Our petitions are endless. But are you abiding in Him? Are His words in you? It's like we are treating God like as and when we need you. We come for something. But He says, if you allow Him to abide in you, and His words are in you, it should be step by step. When you have done that, then you can begin to ask. These words are not about... In fact, even when he, he tries to remind you of a scripture, for even to take a step, you, because you don't even have the word, you don't really know what to do. Let his words abide in us. That is why you and I should be hungry. Then as we begin to ask, 
It ties in with his will. So that when we ask, we are not asking anyhow. We know his word. We know his will. Truly, we want his kingdom to be here on earth. And, as, and it all will come about because his words abide in you and I. If it is not there, we are asking and asking. He's not getting anywhere. Then in John chapter 15 verse 10, in the same John 15 verse, it said, If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Then we need to abide in the love of God. Even if I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love, what we need is His love. If you are not in the love of God, you have no covering. But that can only come when you know the word and you are keeping the commandments, then you can abide in the love of God. And then I believe His favor, His mercy, His kindness will come your way. The seventh point, which I think why we need to be hungry for the word of God, is that we need to be growing. We need to be growing. Ephesians 4.13, we need to grow into the full stature of Christ. He says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. We are not there yet. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We are not there yet. But to get there, it will take the word of God. That is why we need to be hungry. Continually hungry. So that we can get to that perfect man, hopefully. And then to the fullness of Christ. I see that is not enough. If you go to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19. There is a fullness of God that we need to be filled. Again, that will come about only through the word of God. He says, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. Brethren, we can be filled with the fullness of God, with the character of God, but that can only happen through the word. That can only happen when you and I are hungry for the word. Then we can get there. So my desire is, how can I be like Christ? I need to be hungry. And you see, to be hungry and to be like Christ is a beautiful thing. It is beautiful to be like Christ. And therefore I need to be hungry. Hallelujah. So we need for example, when I, you find that any time, for example, to be filled with the fullness of God. The last time I saw in Jonah chapter 4 verse 2. Jonah, he just gives a little bit about God. Jonah 4 verse 2. He says, And he prayed unto God and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying, was the son of God? 
when I was yet in my country, therefore I fled before unto the Tashi. For I knew that thou art a gracious God. You are merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of evil. Jonah was talking about Sana God Otier. And that is not the Holy Scripture. Go to Psalm 30, verse 5. That slowness, sometimes God can be angry, but for a moment. So again, if you want to follow the life of God, he says, For his anger endure, but for a moment. If you want to be filled with the fullness of God, your anger should not stretch beyond this. He says, he may be, even though Jonah said he is slow to anger, it is but for a moment. And then in his favor is life. So to be filled with the fullness of God, you want to be gradual as you are reading the word of God. As you go into God, if you are serious to be filled with the fullness of God, begin then to look into the scriptures. Which are the verses which brings about the character of God? Then you can aspire to be so. So I think in Psalm, Psalm 138 verse 7 also. Let's quickly look at Psalm 138 verse 7. I think Psalm 138 verse 7. No, 38.7. Let's go at 38.7. I think I've missed out that scripture there. Okay, maybe let's, let's forget about it and continue. So the ninth point about why is that as we walk with God, it is about faith. If you don't have faith, somebody once said, if you would find the men who serve God the best, you must look for men with most faith. Let me take it again. If you would find the men who serve God best, you must look for men with most faith. Little faith cannot do great things for God. Therefore, the scripture says, and this faith will come by hearing. So if you want to be candidates to do great things for God, we need faith. And we must be hungry for the word of God. That will make us do great things for God. Amen. So now that we have looked at the reason why we must be hungry for God, I will attempt some points on how. The first point I would like to state is that we have to be diligent. Diligent and intentional. You see, the way you find that the way we look for money, that is not the way sometimes we look for God or read the word. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 2 verse 4 to 5. Or Proverbs chapter 2, 1 to 4. We need to be diligent. Proverbs 2, 1 to 4. My son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou shalt incline thy ear unto wisdom, apply thy heart to understanding. If thou criest after knowledge 
and lifted up their voice for understanding. And listen to the verse 4. If thou will seek her, if you will seek the word of God as silver, and search for her as treasure, it shall be profitable. I'm sure if your money gets lost in your room at night, wherever that money is, we will look for it. Is it the same way we read the word of God? We can be tired and say, I pray infant too, baby. But the scripture says, the way we look for money, the way we seek for silver, if we can look for the word of God, it shall be profitable to our lives. So it will require diligence, intentional, and seriousness. And which I believe we need to set some time and discipline for our individual lives. Now look, I'm setting this time, and on this time, I will want to know the word of God. It must come as a matter of discipline. And if you honor your own set time, God will honor his presence with you. Number two, as to the how, is desire to have a structure of studying the word. For the very younger ones, there are some Bibles which have the 365 day Bible reading plan. That alone should be enough as a basis for you to have some structure so that you don't do things anyhow and then ask them when you feel like. But for the matured, depending on what specific directions from the Lord that you have received for your personal growth and calling, go according to that plan. So for the untutored and the young one, you can follow the 365 days. But as you mature and God lays certain burdens on you for your own spiritual growth, God will give you the directions. And endeavor to keep to those structures that God will give to you. The third point is that avoid interference and interruptions. In fact, they should be reduced to the barest minimum. Barest minimum. I think that sometimes we are occupied with too many activities. Even some of the activities may look spiritual, but really, uh, you are not feeding on the word of God. If you really want to grow and to hunger, you must know that this time is for God. And you must shut off. Shut off. And say, no interference. And when God sees that you are serious, God will reveal his word. You see, we need to begin to cherish the word of God. It is not any ordinary material. And God is a serious God. He doesn't throw his understanding anyhow. It's for only those who desire to be serious and to work with him. Four points, even our location. Later you can read Genesis 28 and 32. It came to a point when Jacob has to meet Esau. Genesis 32, 24 says he was left alone. Many people like society too much. If you love society, 
you can't hunger. You shall never be filled. But Jacob said, Jacob was left alone. And on the two occasions, in the Genesis 28, when he was left alone, and 32, when he was left alone, God appeared to him. In the midst of the crowd, it's too noisy for God. If only you can make time and step aside, God will speak to you. The fifth point is that if you really want to hunger for the word, you see, you must live the word. You must live the word. You know, there's this tree and we says, we are saying the holiness of God is beautiful. And I'm saying it is beautiful. Let me also walk in it and experience that beauty. So that is why in Psalm 30 verse 4, David even gave thanks to God for his holiness. Psalm 30 verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, all ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. If truly the holiness of God, you see some beauty in it. Even as you wake up, you say, Lord, I thank you for your holiness. And that is enough motivation to make you also to walk and live in holiness. Point number six is that to truly walk with God, you must be an individual who desires to hear from Him day after day. And that should make you to hunger for the Word of God. You see, the problem with many of us is that we live we have lived too much without God. Every decision, we are capable of taking every decision. But when you come to the point where you see that I cannot take the next step without God, it will make you hunger and say, Lord, this situation, what are you saying? But because we always run ahead, sometimes a little education can be bothersome when you know how to make analysis, when you know how to think logically, when you know to think, it can be bothersome. The simple issue what God will tell you, you don't even advert your mind to it. Because we live without God. We can be coming to church and even reading the Bible, but we are living without God. We don't hear Him speak. We don't receive a word. But you see, when I look at Abraham in their days, he will be there and then God will appear and God will deliver a word. He came in Genesis chapter 12. Then he came in 15. Then 17. You could see that at each point, God had a word for him. 
I believe that you and I, at every turn of our life, God has a word for us, but are we ready? If only we are truly ready and say, God, I can't take this step until and unless I hear from you. If we are not there yet, begin to hunger for it. You see, and, and as you relax, no matter how difficult the situation is, God will drop a word in that difficult moment. And that will bring you peace. In fact, Psalm 32 verse 8, Psalm 32 verse 8 said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. So, where are you going when you have not received instruction? But anyhow, we go. But he says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way thou should go. And I will guide thee with my eye. If the eye of God is guiding me, why shouldn't I wait for him? And with this eye, even with spectacles, I want to go alone. Where am I going? Already you can't see far. But if only I can depend on God, I will see what is at the end. Again, this for me is a motivation to hunger and say, God, I am waiting for you. The next point is that we should also know that this life that we are living is dependent on the promise or the promises and the assurance of what God wants to do for us. That is what this life is all about. It's about the assurances, the promises, and what God has sent concerning us. So again, it is the word of God. What has God said? These are the motivations And these are the things that should make me excited and to sit and always read the word of God. Last but not the least, Songs of Solomon 5 verse 16. Songs of Solomon 5 verse 16. There's a little portion, the beginning part. He says his mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. And I'm saying tonight, if indeed Christ is altogether lovely for you, you will love him. You will love everything about Christ. We should begin, he should be my object of love. And my warmest love will go to Christ. The excellency of his person and the complete perfection that is in him should let me set my life on Christ. And again, that is the motivation for me. His life is worth to be imitated. His character is worth to be copied. If you are looking for perfection in life, look unto Christ, and it is in his word. Brethren, tonight, I hope I have challenged all of us in a way. There must be a reason why we should go into the world and how 
we need to do it. And as in the word, our whole life is all about the word. Therefore, if I don't even see why I should hunger for the word and how to do it, let me begin from tonight. Begin to set the agenda all over and know that the word in any case, the series that we started in this church on the word, I believe as all of this falls into place, you can see that the theme on this word, it may look very primary for many people, but that to me is what will turn lives around. That is what will change many of us, our lives. But we think it's so simple. Tonight, may God begin to speak to you. May he begin to tell you that, son or daughter, all you need is my word. In any case, why do you go to him? For him to speak to our situation. And yes, we don't want to read his word. All we need from God is his word. Speaking to my situation. But we are not ready to go into his word. So what do we want? God is ready. He is full of his words. There is nowhere to turn to but into his words. As Peter said, you have the words of eternal life. So to whom do we go? Tonight, we have nowhere to go but to God for his word. Amen.